again. Good afternoon, everybody. If you have been around for a little while, praise the Lord. I mean, past couple of weeks, I should say. If you're not familiar with who we are, Pastor Egeva Lovely, um, welcome this morning to you. I reiterate that welcome, welcome, um, especially if you're visiting for the first time. And <clears throat> you've joined us kind of in the middle of a series that we're doing in the Psalms. And the series is called Prayer, Poetry, Prophecy, and Praise. And we are looking at, we're still looking at powerful poetry. And this is pretty much going to be week three, probably another week or two looking at the poetic element aspect of the Psalms. And <clears throat> today, I really want to try to get to verse... I want to get to verse 6, but I doubt we will, um, because we've had communion today already, and we've got members meeting coming up in a minute. So, by God's grace and His supernatural help, We'll keep it moving. So verse 3 to 6. If you want to open your Bible, you can do that and join me. If not, I'm going to try to put the verses up on the screen. Um, and just to briefly recap in week 1, we talked about the blessed man and the wicked man, or the blessed person and the wicked person, right? As we introduce the book of Psalms. And that's what this, this first chapter does by way of introducing the Psalter or the whole book of Psalms, the 150 chapters that are in there. Um, so that was week one. In week two, do you remember, we talked a little bit about genre and being able to look at the different genres of Scripture and on the basis of appreciating the genre, read it respectfully. Um, week three, we began to talk about the tree. And I'm saying the blessed man and what he or she is like with regards to this metaphor. Um, and here we are, week four, and we're still talking about the tree. Remember I stopped halfway last week? Praise the Lord. Um, and so we're going to pick up again looking at this tree. Um, but join me as we read, join with me as we read Psalm 1, and then we'll try to um, tackle some of these verses by God's grace. So, starting in verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Hopefully by now, maybe some of this you can reel, reel off from memory even. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. <clears throat> would you join with me as we pray? Father, thank you for your word, and particularly today for this psalm. And thank you for the multiplicity of layers 
that we find generally in your word, Lord, and particularly in this psalm. Lord, would you continue to help us to unpack it? And by doing so, we would see glorious things, Lord, that we would see stuff that would contribute to changing and transforming our lives, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> okay, so we get to this point in the sermon where I have to keep my promise, right? right I've been promising that every week I'm going to try to summarize the previous week in some kind of rap, some kind of poetry. Um, but I've got a bit of a surprise for you. Actually, it was a surprise for me because, you know, I've been trying to encourage you, right? I've been trying to encourage you to allow the artistic juices to flow. And, you know what I'm saying? I've been the guinea pig saying, hey, look. This is what it looks like. It's not going to be perfect, but trying to encourage and inspire you. You know what I mean? And um, so often when you're preaching, it feels like no one ain't listening. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, like even now, you're nudging the person next to you and say, what did he say? <clears throat> Last week, somebody actually was listening, approached me, <laughs> approached me afterwards and said, you know, Pastor Rob, I just want to let you know that I've been inspired. And I was like, Really? And so I want to invite Alvin to come up and join me. Um, sis, you, you want to just tell everybody a little bit? Um, don't be nervous. You want to just... You, listen, you, you don't understand what, it, what it's like to come up. I think we do we need to move over a little bit. You don't understand what it's like to have to... It's easy sitting there, oh, listening, and oh, what are they going to say now? And, oh, that wasn't very funny, Pastor Rob. And that, that message was a bit boring, and it's easy. But when you've got to come and stand up, it's a different thing, isn't it? So, sis, what was it you said to me last week? Just abbreviate what you said. and, and um. So, I said um, that a couple of weeks ago, or however long, um, the Lord was speaking to me about... How to you about write? Basically, the Lord has given me a gift to write. Come on. Um, and I've been. I remember when I was. I'm sorry. It's not going to be a long story. But when I was a child, um, I wrote a, a <laughs> year by year. I'm 44 now, so I like that disclaimer. I remember being at primary school and I wrote a story and the teacher really liked it and um, gave me praise for it. And I didn't really kind of nurture the gift of writing, but more recently I've started writing stories and things. Um, and the Lord spoke to me a few weeks ago about what I can do with it and kind of using it and not being shy of it and actually just accepting what God has given to me. Um, because sometimes, I know me, I'm like, yeah, I know you're giving me this gift, but I don't want to call myself a writer or I don't want to call myself what you've hmm. talk, told me that I am. Um, wow. But 44 and life is ticking by, so I think I just better get a move on. <laughs> you're never supposed to ask a lady her age, but... I'm not, yeah, anybody can know. Uh -huh. um, so one of the things I spoke to Kane, my husband, about was... Um, how about me starting up a kind of, I don't know, a group, something hmm. where we can just, we can get together and yes. we can do something around writing, yes. um, whether Jeez. it's poetry, whether it's Come creative on. writing, whether you're a journalist and you, you know, whatever it is, we can do something, songwriting. So I thought of like a, and I was like talking to the Lord as well, I was like, I don't really, because once it's out there, you have to kind of like do something <laughs> about it. So I said to Pastor Rob, um, <laughs> this is funny that maybe I can just commit to something for a few months because I, I don't want to say, oh, yeah, I'll be, you know, 
I'll be doing this support group, um, writer support group for, for ages and ages. That's I don't wisdom, know. Sister, that's so wisdom, sister. Trust me. I'm just putting it out there to say if anybody's interested um, in joining and let's just see what the, the Lord does. And as like we've been learning more about the Holy Spirit, like there's so much that God has put in us that he wants to come out. Um, yes, and I always think like the gift that God has given, um, he's given gifts to the body, but we are the gifts to the body. And we have to use that for the edification of the body of Christ, which includes us as well, because we are the body of Christ. So it will edify us as it edifies our brothers and sisters and those who are yet to come into the kingdom. Amen. And it ain't, it ain't over yet. So, so sis, I'm going to pull it down. What, 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 what is this that you're going to present now? So, um, as Pastor Rob was teaching and preaching last week, um, I was writing down some stuff. And then afterwards, I thought, I'm writing down stuff, but that shows that I'm not really listening. But I was listening. But anyway, um, it's called Planted, and it was, it's just what the Lord gave me from the message last week. Um, planted. It flourishes, water from the rivers to the tree flows. It nourishes from the roots to the branches to the leaves it grows. Last week, pastor said after the games, I stopped for a minute. Why? Because we're in Saab, innit? <laughs> I thought about doing his accent more, but I, I, I didn't know how far to take it. Anyway, because um, we're in Saab, innit? Meditating on an old tree, thinking, what does this mean to me? How long had it been there? Probably hundreds, not tens of years. With standing strong winds and rain, able to stand even through the pain. Hmm. Yes, still standing when all are gone, immovable and strong. Bringing forth his fruit when the time's right, but before that, the meditation both day and night. Hmm. Evergreen, day after day, no leaves browning, shrinking or fading away. Even for those no longer called young, young, God's promises stand on and on. Mm. Sorry, God's promises stand, they go on and on. Psalm 92, verse 14, repeating the theme. To those who believe, God never leaves. Yeah. Year to year, always flourishing. Water, the living word, always nourishing. Wow. To say that I'm encouraged would be an understatement. Thank you, my sister. And um, it's crazy because when I knew that Alvin was going to be sharing, a part of me felt like, well, if she's going to be sharing, especially like at Sunday's communion and members meeting, I don't need to share nothing. I thought I could, get, I, I thought I could let myself off the hook. But if I did that, then I wouldn't be faithful to the commitment that I made. So I wrote something. It's far from perfect, and, it's, and, and I'm glad that it's far from perfect because you're not going to be encouraged by some shining, sparkling, finished, perfect presentation. That ain't going to inspire you. It's when we hiccup and we, you know what I'm saying, have to go back and say it again, and that's more helpful, isn't it? It means you can do it too. And this one is a bit, it's a bit more like spoken word, although I'm far from a spoken word performer. Um, the timing, I, I'm just saying, is far from tight, and <clears throat> it's more like typical poetry. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you for that. It's all right. 
And I want to reiterate this whole thing. We was talking at community group about this abundant life. You know what I'm saying? And remember, Jesus said it in John 10, 10, didn't he? He said that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I'm the contrast. I've come to give life. And how? That more, now, he says that more abundantly. And a part of the question I'm asking myself is, am I really living and enjoying that abundant, that life abundant that Jesus you know what I'm saying? Died to purchase for me. And I'm going to ask you the same question. Are you enjoying that abundant life? And a part of enjoying it ain't even <clears throat> down to me. A part of it's down to you. Because when you, like my sister, did what she just did, I get benefited. You know what I'm saying? I'm blessed. And, you know... Enjoying the fruit that is born by others. And you know, when you're a fruitful tree and you're bearing fruit, I benefit and vice versa. Jesus is the ultimate because when he gives, we all benefit, don't we? And it's because he gave. So, we're all different colors with different gifts like a smarty. You say, Rob, I'm not arty. But come on, you must can bring something to the party. Can you bake? Then make a cake. Can you sing? Well, sing a hymn. Look at her. Look at him. Look at Alvin. <laughs> look at Alvin. You might think writing's not exciting, like horse riding or skydiving, but the aim is just providing because all things are coinciding. See, it's all about perspective. Not everyone thinks the same. You don't like cricket or swimming or chess. If it were down to you, there'd only be one game. Thank God for variety. They say it's the spice of life. But the piper's going bankrupt because most won't pay the price. Undiscovered talent is neglect. You're abusing them. Our gifts in all respect, instead, we should be using them. I said... Undiscovered talent is neglect. You're abusing them. Our gifts in all respects, instead, we should be what? Using them. Amen? Amen. Okay. Now, getting back to Psalm 1. Getting back to Psalm 1, verse 1 and 2 talk about the blessed person. And they're blessed because of what they don't do. Right? But what they don't do comes, a result, comes as a result of what they do do. They do do verse 2, which means they don't do as a result verse 1. They do delight in the Lord, or they delight in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. Then verse 3, he is like a tree. Right? That blessed person is like a tree. So the description of the blessed man <clears throat> is negative in verse 1, it's positive in verse 2, and it's a metaphor in verse 3. Can you see? 
Negative in verse 1, positive in verse 2, metaphoric in verse 3. And last week, like I said, we stopped halfway into looking at the metaphor. He is like a tree. In last week's community group handout, because, you know, every time someone preaches, they have to construct the handout, and the handout is going to be the basis of the discussion at community group. And so one of the statements I put on the handout was that this tree, this metaphor of a tree, is probably one of the most important metaphors in the Bible. And I don't think, when I, when I wrote it, I thought, oh, that's a bit strong. But I thought, you know what, it's, it's not actually... Amen. It's, it's, it's not an overstatement. <clears throat> Have you ever thought about being a tree? Metaphorically speaking. We said last week the trees start off small, but they can grow to extremely tall, right? They're solid, immovable. They are, <clears throat> if they're given opportunity, able to grow and mature. And last week we saw this comparison between trees and what? Do you remember? Grass or the chaff, right? We saw this comparison, <clears throat> and I gave an illustration about driving a car over grass. It just, the tires just flatten the grass, right? But <clears throat> try and drive over a tree. It's the car that ends up getting crushed, right? How many of you know you can rip up clumps of grass? Try rip up a tree. Grass or tree, which, which would you rather be? Trees can <clears throat> completely take over their surroundings. If it has enough time to grow, it will take over the whole back garden. Break down the fence, push up the sidewalk and... Push down the house, given time, depending on what type of tree. You know, you can cut a tree down, and even after you literally cut it down, it can begin to grow again. I don't know if you've seen a picture. I saw a picture on Insta where you had um, a, a, a mango tree had been chopped down, and then a little tiny branch, literally a stump, a little tiny branch just grew at the stump, and you saw a big old mango hanging on the little branch. On the, have you seen that? And it's funny because we haven't even begun to look at the descriptions that are illustrated in the text <clears throat> specifically. Listen carefully to these descriptive illustrations. First one, of the tree, it's planted by streams of water. How many of you know streams are a constant source of nourishment? Many of the major cities in the world can be located by rivers. I don't know if you knew that. Paris, Rome, Dublin, Budapest, Moscow, Amsterdam, Berlin, and good old London. And this is just local to Europe, right? Just to mention a few. There's something beneficial to living or being planted by a water source. Permanent water sources provide consistent, indefinite, perpetual supply. There's something endless and metaphorically 
eternal and everlasting about a river. It just keeps on flowing. Right? There's always more where that come from. You, you, dip, you dip your hand in a stream, you have a drink. There's always, there's always running down your face, like it gets wasted, but there's always more where that came from, right? <clears throat> because, because of this constant cycle, you know, uh, um, the cycle of evaporation, you've got, you got the mountains and the, the, the rain falls on the mountains and it runs down the mountains, becomes a stream, becomes a river that runs back into the sea, and then the sun shines down on the sea, the water evaporates, it goes back up into the clouds, and the clouds rain, and it comes down the mountains, and so continues the cycle. And there you go, look, Ev Evian, Volvic, <laughs> here it, right? Streams and rivers, they contain water, that which forms the basis of the fluids of living organisms. Living organisms, they cease to exist. <laughs> Ain't hearing you. Living organs cease to exist without regular renewal of fresh water. We need fresh water. I think the body's like 60, 70% water, right? Now, what's the connection, like, literal and metaphorical to the tree and the water? Well, it's the roots, right? That's the connection, like, literally and metaphorically. And trees have a special design that predispose them to a, a life of longevity. And it's their, and it's, <laughs> and it's these roots. I can shout louder than you. It's these roots. <laughs> right? The roots, think about this, right? We're supposed to be meditating, says the writer, you know what I'm saying, on, on that which is being written. You think about roots. These are things that we don't often think about. Think about roots, yeah? Think about the job they do. The roots go deep down into the ground, right? And they stabilize the tree. They're like anchors, right? They're like the foundation for the tree. Hundreds of hands reaching down into the ground and they grab the ground. And they anchor the tree, right? Roots. They stabilize, but they've they got multifunction. They don't just stabilize. They're doing another job while they're doing that. You know what I'm saying? They absorb water that comes from the river that's close by and the rain as it falls on the ground. They say mature trees can absorb in excess of 50 gallons of water a day. That's over 200 and 30 liters of water per day, per tree. And, they, and then not only do they grab the, the dirt and then ab absorb the water, they also absorb nutrients from the soil. Typically calcium, sulfur, and magnesium, which are vital, what they call trace elements. And some roots, they go down as far and as wide as the, canopy, as the canopy of the tree is far and wide. 
And these roots, they give life to the trunk. The, root, the, the roots, they don't exist for themselves. They are there to provide nourishment for the trunk of the tree, which then also isn't there for itself. It also then provides for the branches. And if you think about it, branches on the tree are like, are like the roots, right? So the roots go down and they grab and they suck and they, and they absorb. But the leaves on the tree, they do the same thing. They reach out into the, into the air, into the sky, right? And what's one of the things that they absorb, like the, the branches? The sunlight. Nothing can't grow without sunlight, you know what I mean? And, 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 and you have this process of photosynthesis, you know what I'm saying, where the, the trees are, are, are absorbing now the light from the sun. And again, they contribute then also for providing for the rest of the tree. And how many of you know, they, leaves breathe in carbon dioxide, and they, what do they breathe out? Oxygen. I mean... What would it like to be like a tree? See, and, and we, haven't, we haven't even got to the, to, the, to, to the fruit yet. Now, notice the next part of verse 3. It says, it yields its fruit in its season. Not just one or two, that would be amazing if you really think about it. Like one fruit, I've got three tangerine in my bag, and I've got a little bunch of grapes. I should have brought them out with me. If a tree just produced one fruit in the whole of its lifetime, how many of you know, on one level, that's a miracle. You know what I mean? And imagine an orange satsuma comes from a branch that's brown that has green leaves. And it's not just one fruit or two fruit, but you get a whole crop from the tree. And that depends on the size, right? The size of the crop depends on the size of the tree. And not just one crop, but, but, but you get crops, plural, year in, year out. Sometimes you've got, you know, some olive trees bear twice a year. You get two harvests in one year from one tree. And to take it to another level, one fruit on that tree, right? I mean, a whole crop, yeah? Like baskets, boxes of satsumas, if you like. You take one of those fruit, inside the fruit. How many of you know the fruit produces seeds from which then you get multiple trees with then more multiple fruit. I'm like, someone said, a man can count the seed in the fruit. But he can't count the trees in the seed. Why? My team just died. The quote I wanted to put up says, anyone can count the seeds in an apple, 
but only God can count the number of apples in a seed. Robert Schuller. And then, is it, that, is it dead? What happened, to, what, happened to my, what happened to the, I can see the picture right there, but I can't see it from the screen. Anyway, another thing about trees, as if that weren't enough, right? Another thing about trees, I'll put it on the thing so you can put it on the video, bro. Trees, I'm going to pause for this one. I want you to think about this one. Trees don't eat their own fruit. Selah. Pause and quietly think about that. Trees do not eat their own fruit. Trees are ultimately the perfect picture of unselfishness, like Alvin helped us to see a little while ago. Trees are ultimately the perfect picture of unselfishness. In Galatians 5, hey, praise the Lord. It says, but I say, says Paul, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What does he say you need to do in the Spirit? Walk, walk right? In one sense, you could relate this back to Psalm 1, right? Because the blessed man, he walks in a certain... He don't walk one way, but he walks in another way, right? Walking by the Spirit. You won't gratify the, des the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For they are, these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law... Now, the works of the flesh are evident. This is, this is what when you don't walk in the spirit. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sounds very much like Psalm 1. But, contrary to the wicked man, contrary to walking in a negative sense, verse 22, but the fruit, notice, of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Now, if you think about this, this is amazing because this is the fruit of the Spirit. In one sense, if you're a tree, this ain't, this ain't the fruit of you and me. This is the fruit of God's work in us. That Can you see that? Because sometimes you'd be like, man, I, I can't, I can't. I, I, how am I going to love that person when they said that about me? That's all right. No one ain't asking you to find love in yourself to love them with. You know what I mean? We quickly respond to that and say, you need external help for that. What you need, you don't have in, in the independently, like independent of, of yourself. Ain't that a relief? That's a relief. And I'm saying the other stuff, verse 19, 20, and 21, that stuff comes out naturally. I don't even have to think about being jealous or being bad mind or being envious. You know what I'm saying? That stuff just comes naturally to the chaff. But the tree now that produces this kind of fruit, we need the work of the Spirit. And notice, 
When, when, when you love, it's not you that is benefiting it in one sense. Someone else is going to benefit from your lovingness, your loving kindness. When you, when, when you got joy, how many of you know you can light up a room? And others are benefited. Like Alvin come and she shared, she gave of her, how much time did she spend? Alvin said that to me early in the week. Uh, showed, it, showed me the bits and pieces on the side. I said, sis, take it away and go and work on it. Sister spent some time on that. You know what I mean? Like a tree producing fruit that we get to eat and benefit from. It takes time. You know what I mean? And from somebody's sacrifice, you and I get to benefit. That's what's happening when, you know what I'm saying, when, you, when you're someone, you know, the Bible calls Jesus the Prince of Peace. And then it turns around and says to those of us that are his disciples, you know what I'm saying, that we ought to be peacemakers. How many of you know, like, how's that going to help me on my own? If it's just me, one, I'm good. Because you're not around to give me no drama. You know what I'm saying? But I need peace because there are other parties. And sometimes, you know what I'm saying, you and me can get in between those parties and provide peace where none of those individuals are looking for peace. If anything, it's the opposite. Can you see how kindness, goodness, this is the fruit that the tree doesn't eat. It produces this. And that for the benefit of others. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Self-control against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And how many of you know that's progressive, right? John 15 picks up it's, you know, a similar theme. I don't want to say it's exactly the same, but similarly, Jesus says, you can't do this on your own. What does he say? He says, abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it, it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you know, and you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him or her, he they is that bears not just fruit, much fruit. Remember, for apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. This is what chaff does well. It burns. Verse 7. If, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. You're like, really? Some people become Christians on the basis of that verse. What? <laughs> So I become a Christian, yeah, and I ask Jesus, and he'll give me what I, one plus one equals two, for real. Well, yes and no. <laughs> we'll come back to that. By this, my Father is glorified that you notice you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. There's something about this fruit bearing that is really vital and important. So, irrigated, planted by streams of water. And how many of you know water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit in the Bible? So there's an external 
but also an internal power source that supplies all that we need. Trees are a conduit through which others are benefited. That's a good definition of a Christian. There's something, I would say that, I would say that that is something healthy to meditate on this week. You're a conduit that God wants to use to be a blessing and a benefit to others. How exciting is that? Because you can trust me, the society, the times that we live in, people ain't thinking about how they can be, be a benefit. It's the other way around. You know what I mean? May we be, may we be transformed and renewed in our minds to that end. Think about that. Meditate on that this week. So, the blessed man or woman is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Verse 3 continues, and its leaf does not wither. In one sense, in one sense, you've got to be careful with this. In one sense, the blessed person is evergreen. Evergreen. It's one of the reasons, among others, that Christians in the past used evergreens as Christmas trees. But don't misunderstand this. Even if a tree isn't evergreen, <clears throat> and it loses its leaves. Evergreen trees don't lose their leaves, right? But even if it isn't evergreen, because not every tree is evergreen, and it does lose its leaves, it doesn't mean that the tree is dead. On your way home today, have a look because it's, I'm saying it's kind of, it's still winter, kind of we're progressively moving into spring. I think it's a bit early, right, for spring, typically speaking. It probably starts snowing like next week. Um, <laughs> but as you go out, currently the season is such that look out for non-evergreen trees and see how sparse and unfruitful they look. Right? Well, partly that's because it's non-fruit-bearing season. Right? right? That's why I said you've got to look carefully at that verse because it might sound like this tree bears fruit all the time. That's not what it says. The tree bears fruit in its season. Amen, Pastor E? Amen, sir. Sometimes <laughs> we can look like that. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Yo. Because we go through different seasons in life. I mean, we've been talking recently about, like last week again, a lot. We, we, we talked a lot about social media and, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's healthy to take a break from that. You know what I mean? How many of you know humans for decades, for centuries, for millennia, that's, a that's thousands of years, never had no internet? <laughs> like, like, we're like, raw, how can I get, we, someone was, was it, I think it was Mirena, telling us a story about someone when we went on camp with the young people. She had a tablet, and Mirena says, all right, cool, it's bedtime, give me a tablet. The way the young person responded 
was like, <laughs> like it's over. Like life is over. You know what I mean? Can't use their tablet for a few hours because they need to sleep. <laughs> Obviously, we can get, and, and sometimes it's good to take a break from that and just enjoy the benefits of, like one of the things I love to watch is like, um, what's that program with uh, my man, Richard Attenborough, the recent one, the, the sick recent Blue Planet. Is it Blue? No, there's a newer one to Blue Planet. Dynasties. Sometimes, you know, we need to take that kind of stuff in because there's so much that we're missing where we think that when, when we're on social media, it's like, in one sense, you're constantly consuming to the point where you feel like if you're not consuming, you're missing out. You know what I'm saying? And it's such a lie. You know what I'm saying? Again, we don't want to say that, you know, like Pentecostal churches back in the 70s and the 80s said you mustn't like muscle watch devil vision, television, television. You mustn't go to the cinema. And, you know what I mean? We don't want to go to that mad extreme. That's ridiculous. But think about what you're missing if that's all that you consume. You know what I'm saying? It's like sometimes, think about the season. Just think about spring, summer, autumn, and winter. You know, that's something you can meditate on. Because a part of that is reciprocating, is reflecting our lives. Sometimes we go through dry seasons. We go, right now, I don't know where you're at in your life. You might be going for a season where people might look at you and think, boy, you look at yourself and you think, Lord, am I ever, like, is this season ever going to pass? Sometimes you forget that, you know what I'm saying, life is kind of seasonal and cyclical, you know what I'm saying? And you can be so full of despair and be like in the Antarctica, you know, like there's certain parts of the world where in the winter... It's dark for three months. There ain't no 24-hour... And you can feel like you're in that place of utter darkness. It's one of the reasons why the Psalms is such a blessing, because it articulates where you can't speak for yourself. Some of the, sometimes the Psalms will speak for you, articulating, yeah, it's for, that's exactly how I'm feeling. It's all right. Just because there ain't no leaves on the tree doesn't mean the tree is dead. You know what I'm saying? Don't get it twisted. Did you know that deciduous trees, they shed their leaves as an active process? Notice, to conserve resources in harsher winter seasons and protect the tree from being blown over in the windier months. Hey! The tree will regrow new foliage during the next suitable growing season. That should be an encouragement to you if you're going through a, a difficult season. How about meditating on that this week? That will bring some light into your darkness. I wonder if I could ask the, the guys who are on the praise team not to come just yet. <laughs> this would have been real early. This would have been real good for me. Um, but the song that we sang, 
during the, the um, off, just after communion. I wonder if we could sing that song again at the end. Sorry, I meant to mention it. Sorry, I meant to mention it before we started, but um, you're probably saying, which song is that now again we were singing? Let me tell you. It's, um, you give love, you give life, you bring joy in the darkness. That one there. Amen. Um, and we're nearly there, actually. That tree reflects you and me in particular seasons. And <clears throat> looking at that tree, how many of you know, yeah, just like looking at your life, you are not always what you seem to be. We often, we often think about that negatively. Oh, Lord, you know, I'm so rubbish. I'm, I'm useless. I'm we, we often do that to ourselves. And it, it's, sometimes it's true, right? Um, but we might be going for a dry season. Um, but we look at that quite negatively rather than looking at it positively. And say, okay, cool. I'm going for a season right now, isn't it? And I mean, I'm going for a season. And it's funny because this point with regards to the leaves not withering, right, links to in all that the person does, they prosper. Watch this, yeah? Verse 3 goes on and says, as far as this tree is concerned, in all that it does, it prospers. Really? Yeah, really. Question. Do trees always look like they're prospering? No. But yes. Right? If you know anything about trees. They have their seasons, but generally speaking, over a protracted period of time, tree ain't going to keep looking like that. It's not always what it seems. Does the blessed man or woman always prosper in all that they do? Question. No. If you're living in the real world, right? You're not living in a Colgate smile, pretend, not Rolex wearing, pretend that everything is fantastic and praise the Lord, like everything is wonderful and great. And if you're living in the real world, yeah, you'd say, no, it, like, as a Christian, I look at my life, I am that blessed tree, I'd like to think, but boy, I don't always, not everything I put my hand to, King James, prospers, if I'm honest. But, it is true. See? I have seasons, but generally speaking, over a process or a protracted period of time, I'd like to be able to look back and say, yes, my life was blessed. All things work together for good. See? And that perspective is this perspective. You think again about the tree. Let's say you're single. And you are trying to be a faithful tree. You're trying to be a faithful Christian, but you're single. I say but. I should say and you're single. No but. Ain't nothing wrong with being single. Everyone's single for like nearly a third of their life unless you get married before you're 20. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's single for 
You're single and you're trying to be a faithful tree. Some might look at you and say, boy, you're single and your life, it just looks so dead. Your life just looks so dry. <laughs> right? And, and that laugh says, sometimes we believe it. That nervous laugh. Sometimes we actually, be, oh, you're right, you know. My life is kind of dead. And then we go and do something about it. Which we ought not to. You know what I'm saying? Your life just looks so... You must be so lonely, says the onlooker. And if you think about Psalm 1, this is the counsel of the ungodly. You look, you must be so sexually, you must be so sexually frustrated. See, and, and we start believing that, right? But you're not dead. You're not dry. Short term, <laughs> maybe. But not in a long term. The admonition is to stay faithful. Stay rooted. They won't understand where you're getting your nourishment from. They won't understand where you're getting your life from. They won't understand how you can continue to function. Because you've got something independent of you that's empowering you, enabling you. Stay grounded. Be like a tree. Because long term... Let's say you're married <laughs> and you're trying to be a faithful husband. You're trying to be a faithful wife. I could say, is your marriage prospering? You'd be like, boy. <laughs> and it may not seem like it short term. You know, when my mom grabbed me and my little brother when I was eight years old and he was six, when my mom grabbed me and my little brother when we were living in Kingston, Jamaica in 1976. When my mom grabbed me and grabbed my little brother and frog marched us out of the house because my dad had been violently abusing her for 15 years. Trust me, it looked like it was over. She took me and my little brother and her dad, my granddad, dada, come and collected us from Brownstown in St. Anne's and drove us in his little pickup truck. He used to fix fridge. He put us in the, in the truck and we drove all the way to St. Anne's. That was the last time I saw my dad, at least in terms of being a child. I didn't see him again until I was an adult. And my mom took us... <clears throat> And we went to St. Anne's. We, we stayed there for about a week. My mum booked the ticket. And literally within a week, we were back in the UK. After they, my mum and dad had tried to immigrate and try and make it work. It never worked. And we came back to London. I was born in Bedford, but we never went back to Bedford. We came to London because my cousin Mike, his mum, my auntie Faye, said, Come. Come, I'll take care of you. Come and stay with me until you get on your feet. And I tell you, as an eight-year-old, I don't know what's going on. But it looked very bleak. I didn't, why is my mum and dad not together? Oh, well, maybe it's something to do with the fact that he would punch her and knock her down the stairs. Maybe that's something to do with it. 
and the scenario weren't nice. But you know what? My mom is still alive. She's 85 years old, and most of you have known and seen, met my mom. She might even be here Easter. And my mom is still alive. My dad died. My biological father died about 10, 15 years ago. I don't even know exactly when. Like I said, everything was hazy after we left Jamaica, although I did see him a couple times. But I'm saying if you look at my situation, I think about Pastor E and his situation, and I'm saying, I think about many of you in your previous circumstances. Your life could kind of look like it's over. But you know, my mom, she never gave up. My dad's dead. My dad died. Parkinson's. When I visited him, long story short, when I visited him and I saw him, I couldn't believe it. It was my wife who said, Robert, you have to forgive your dad. You have to go and see your dad. I was like, what? You don't understand. But she said, if you don't forgive him, God won't forgive you. Like, how you argue with that? I didn't like it, so I went to look for my dad. <clears throat> this was, again, years later. I went to look for my dad after all of that madness. When I, when I saw him, knocked on the door, went to Nottingham, me and Helen knocked on the door, and he came to the door. He weren't this big strapping six-foot. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't wham like he was back then. He was all bent over and shaking like a leaf. You guys see Muhammad Ali when just before? That's what my dad looked like. And I looked at him and I thought to myself, look at you. I have, um, forgive me for, you know what I'm saying, not being very spiritual. When initially I saw him, I said, look at you. I gave him a piece of my mind. I said, you're pathetic. Look at you. And then I went on to tell him that I'm no better than you. I'm a sinner and I need God's forgiveness. So I forgive you. And that night, I, he was living in a bed sit. Helen slept on, my wife slept on the sofa. I slept in the bed with my dad. I was in bed with this man. I didn't even, it was like being in bed with a stranger. Because I don't, I don't know the man. When he died, I didn't cry. There was men in my life that put their arm around me, took care of me, taught me how to play football. When they died, like this particular gentleman, when he died, I cried my eyes out. When my dad died, I didn't even cry because I don't know him. But here I am, sleeping in the same bed. It was so weird. I sent Pastor, I showed Pastor E a picture that I found recently of my dad. If you ever see how I favor my dad, I lie, Pastor E. Next day, <clears throat> I was able to share with him the gospel. I was able to pray with him. And he accepted Christ. And three months later, well, I went, to, I went home, saw my brother. I said, Rich, you need to forgive you need to go and see dad i went to see dad da, da, da. he was like no not interested three months later my dad died and um i tell that story i didn't think i was going to tell all, like so much of the story obviously there's a whole lot more to it but i tell that story just to if 
if, if I had looked at my life back then when it was a mess, I could have easily been completely discouraged. You know, <clears throat> you know, people are in circumstances less than that and commit suicide. You know what I mean? I just want to say that I thank God that my mom never gave up. She never gave up. And, and that's so true for so many of the ladies that are in this room right now. You know what I'm saying? Things look a mess. But don't give up. Because in 5, 10, 15, 20 years time, your son, your daughter, who might be, your life might, lo your life might look like that right now. But don't give up. The beginning of the story isn't the end of the story. You know, <clears throat> you're a businessman or you're a businesswoman. And you've made a commitment to running your business with integrity. Well, how many of you know you're not going to be Apple or Amazon overnight? Right? Not in the short term, but in the long term. You know, I've got a mechanic, my car mechanic. I haven't changed my mechanic for 20 years. I think I recommended my mechanic to quite a few of you, and I think some of you guys use him as well. His name's Martin, over in South Croydon. Holler at me. I'll give you one of his cards, yeah? <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because he, I, I, I stopped short of saying I trust the brother with my life. I mean, I trust Jesus with my life. I, this brother, I will drive my car to him. The car, I feel like the car's about to explode. You know when you, lo you know your car ain't right? And I drive, I say, Martin, I'm... I hesitate to tell him. I'm like, Martin, I'm just dropping off my car because, you know, I just needed to double check it, yeah? But there's me. I'm like, Martin, something's wrong with my car and I don't know what it is and I think it's something major. You know what I'm saying? I, you know me. I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve like that. And, and Martin will take the car and he'll look at the car. I'll get a call a couple of hours later. He's like, Rob, like all the car needed was this and it cost, it cost a pound. I'm not even going to... I'll go to pick up the car. He's like, I'm not even going to charge you. How many of you know... Short term, his business is only going to do so much. Long term, when I go to him, he can hardly fit. Because I've got history, he will fit me in. But he can hardly fit me in. Because the man's got so much work. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, in the short term, things might look one way. But in the long term, in similar fashion, much of what you experience must be considered over the long term. See, we don't want to hear this because of the society, the type of society we live in. Microwave ovens, like drive-in, 24-hour McDonald's. We want everything now. See, life ain't like that. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to make a statement, then I'm going to try to wrap up, right? Even up to and including eternity. This is how you got to think with regards to this prosperity. Even up to and including eternity. How many of you can testify that in this life, you're blessed. Your singleness is sweet. Your marriage is marvelous. Your business is booming. Hopefully some of you can say, yeah, amen, for real, that's my experience. But in the unusual event or season where you're struggling to see any kind of blessing, 
Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart is the point. Second Corinthians chapter 4 <coughs> says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. Notice, the tree looks dry on the outside, but on the inside is a different matter. Can you see that? Verse 17, for this slight momentary affliction <laughs> is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. You cannot think short term. Blessing, prosperity, even up to and including eternity. If you're Christian, how you perceive prosperity is vitally important. If you're just looking at short term, you will be deceived. Long term. Long term, the blessed man or woman is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither and all that he or she does, they prosper. But, verse 4, the wicked are not so. And we will see why next week. I'm going to invite the team to come. Um, would you join me as I pray? <clears throat> Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord God, that your word, like a stream, is an incredible source of life to us. And that stream is, is situated in such a way that it may not even be directly connected to the tree. The tree is connected to the soil and the soil is connected to the river via the bank. And yet that moisture from that water is accessed from the roots of that tree. Father, thank you that you are an everlasting river of life. To those who are identified metaphorically as that blessed tree. Father, these are very simple terms that we speak in. Yet they're profound terms. Would you help us to meditate? Lord, not on what we may be externally, what we may even be seasonally. But Father, as we consider 
the tree. And the fact that that, that that is what you desire us to look like, to be. That Father, that would literally become true in our lives. Lord, that we would get the revelation that you love people so much. I say you stop short of just jumping onto the planet and literally helping us, literally meeting us, literally speaking to us. I say you stop short because you actually did do that in the person of the Lord Jesus 2,000 years ago. And furthermore, you, Father, Jesus went to the point where he didn't just benefit us by speaking to us. He benefited us by dying for us. Providing us with the opportunity to, to be transformed from chaff into a tree. Father, would you help us to think on these things? And meditate on them, Lord, until they become a reality in our lives. To the point where others, like the Lord Jesus, others can eat from our lives and be blessed and be benefited. That's your purpose for us, Lord. That's the... That's a part of the abundant life that we should be living. Would you allow that to be a reality, Lord? And help us not to be discouraged in those difficult seasons of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.